Here we go. All right, welcome to Too Legit to QT. I am so excited today to talk with Jordan Roberts of 321 Frankie Go Boom. Hi, how are you, Jordan? I'm so glad to be with you today. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here as well. So we kind of got into my name earlier. Um, my name is a little bit more intimidating than it looks Darkoya. Um, your name is Jordan Roberts. Has anybody ever gotten your name confused in an interview before? Um, hold on, I'm hanging up on somebody. No, nobody's ever, no, I mean, kind of straightforward. No, 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 I'm, I'm okay. But it's not my name. I had to change my name because my original name, there was an actor with that name. So uh, 25 years ago, uh, I, I called up SAG. I was working as an actor and they said, you have to change your name. You can't be who you are. So I, Jordan Roberts is made up. But when I had a child, I decided to make it legal. So now that's me. Oh, so wow. I, will I will answer to Jordan Roberts. Okay. That's a, that's an interesting story. Okay. Wow. It was actually yeah. Eric Roberts stumbled into a bar. I think he's sober now. God bless him. But he was absolutely polluted. And uh, Robert was my middle name. And Jordan was my last name. And I he was I looked at this man completely drunk and I went, Oh, Jordan Roberts. So And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, first off, congratulations for the nine year anniversary of three to one Frankie Go Boom. Thank you. That's super exciting. Um I rewatched the film, so I've watched it before, but I rewatched the film and it is absolutely hilarious. So I know that you have to have a great personality in order to write and direct a film <laughs> like that. Good to hear, or, or, or a very twisted one, but I'll go with good. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're gonna lean towards positivity. Um, so I know you probably get asked this question all the time, but what was your funniest moment on set surrounded by such a lively and talented cast and crew? Uh, I, yeah, it would have to be um, Charlie Hunnam and Ron Perlman who played, you know, nemesis, you know, enemies. They, they tried to kill each other on a regular basis on their show, Sons of Anarchy. The two of them slow dancing, Ron gripping Charlie, taking a hit of a joint and bending Charlie back while they danced and blowing smoke into Charlie's very reluctantly open mouth was absolutely like I, I was, I was, cause you're, you know, when you're directing, you're supposed to be kind of, you know, professional <laughs> and while these actors are, you know, not laughing and they're in the midst of this and taking it very seriously. And ideally we're supposed to be professionals and I couldn't, I couldn't look at them. I couldn't look at them. I was, I just remember pitching my nose as hard as I could, you know, but that was definitely the funniest moment for me. Did you allow the actors to like go off script? I know with some comedians, you just let it rip. Did you give those the, the actors the opportunity to do that? Absolutely, 100%. Now, I don't always, you know, usually I, this is really my only comedy and I usually write dramas and as a rule, well, both the feature dramas I've made, the, the cast got together and we all sort of decided, but it was really their decision that they didn't want to improvise. They loved the script. They wanted to shoot the script. They didn't want to have to, there's a kind of, facility you need to take advantage of if you're going to improvise and it you know some really gifted people can do it and stay in the moment but some people have to leave the part of their brain that keeps them in the moment and go into some clever part to be funny and you know it's hard but in this one there were everyone was game and some of the people involved i.e chris o'dowd was just so incredibly facile and 
quick that, you know, there's a lot, the, the script was very, very funny. There's a lot of funny in this movie that's Chris's, you know? So Absolutely. I, I get credit for letting him do it. That's all, that's <laughs> the only credit I got. I'm like, yeah, I like that. Um, but there's a lot of Chris's in And everyone, everyone had moments, you know? Charlie Absolutely. too. Charlie, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just watching, I was, when I was rewatching the film, I was just sitting there looking at Chris O'Dowd and I was like, he's just so funny. I wonder if this is him on script or just him. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. W one of the things that, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about casting, when I was starting to make the movie, and I'm not sure if you know this or if it's public knowledge, I don't know, I made the movie myself. I paid for the movie myself, which is extremely unusual and weird and rare. And most people don't do it. And people in Hollywood think it's a bad idea and nobody does it, which makes no sense because there's a ton of rich people in Hollywood who complain about not being able to do something. I'm, I always say the same thing like, hey, you know what? Like, you got the dough, go make the movie. It's not expensive. Some people don't have that luxury. And so I'm not being cavalier. I'm just saying there are people in this town that, you know, I'm no longer, by the way, the guy I was. I was a guy that used to pay a lot of money to write screenplays so I could go make my own movie. I can't make my own movie anymore. <laughs> That's, I'm not that guy anymore. But for a bit of time there, I was fabulous. And they gave me a bunch of dough to write movies. And I took that money and I made a movie. But be, it was still a low budget. And in order to get the cast I got, somebody gave me great advice and said, uh, you got to have three things, a great script, a role that they don't get to do elsewhere. If you're not going to pay them, give them something. So mm. let them do something they don't get to do elsewhere. Give them a great script. And the third thing is let them sleep in their beds. Don't ask them to go to Arizona or, or Oregon or France to do your cheap little movie, let them sleep in their beds, give them a great role and let them do something they haven't done. Chris at that time had never really played a kind of a badass. He'd always played kind of the nice guy. And so he got to play a nice guy. You know, um, I mean, a badass, uh, Charlie Hunnam got to play Charlie, uh, this lovely, charming, I don't know if you've ever met Charlie, but he's the sweetest guy. He's much closer to Frankie than any of the roles he's ever played. Wow. Like that tough guy, mean kind of, that's not Charlie. I mean, mm. he's got it in him. He's obviously got it in him. He does it. He does it beautifully. But the guy I met was a really calm, lovely, slightly self-effacing guy. He was, mm. he was the guy in the movie. And so I think they responded to this, the opportunity, same with Ron Perlman, obviously doesn't get to play women. Um, and, and, and wouldn't, again, wouldn't, you know, it's, if there's a regret of this picture and there really genuinely is a regret about it, it's that a, a, a trans woman is not playing that part because a trans woman could play that part. But at, 10 years ago, I didn't have access to those trans actors and nor had I been, uh, instructed, uh, um, successfully instructed to the value of that decision. Does that make sense? Like Absolutely. I'm keenly, and I have a trans sister. So, and she was trans when she transitioned about three years before the movie. She was very much involved in the movie. There are things about it she did not like. There are things about it she she asked me to change, and some of those I did. Wow. But um, but I would not be able to make the movie that way, nor should I. But but I offered at that moment, Chris. I mean, Ron Perlman, a chance to do something nobody had offered him. So it goes back to that idea of giving them something for the no money you're also giving them. Absolutely. You know? And and I really like how you said that you're still giving them something because sometimes it's not 
money, but yeah. giving them the opportunity to showcase themselves and the roles for the world to see them through the lens in which they want to be seen in. Because a lot of times as actors, I'm an actress as well, um, we get pigeonholed into doing these roles and we get very pigeonholed into these types. And some actors never break out of that. And some actors, I mean, they spend like decades until yeah. they finally get that role. And so it yeah. really speaks a lot to your collaborative spirit. I heard you say earlier that you reinvested money into your into doing your own film. And then you also wanted to give others an opportunity. I know now in this day and age, it's all about collaboration more than ever, not competition. Oh, yeah. And you can really see that um, because you can really see that in the industry now with uh, digital streaming and everybody just putting up a lot of their own projects on Amazon Prime. Um, we're really moving further and further away from competition and more into collaboration. And it seems like you were doing that almost a decade ago. Well, I'm delighted to hear that's your experience and that because I trust you. Um, and that makes me very happy because it should be that. We definitely did that. Everyone's a co-owner of the movie. It's, you know, they, they also receive partnership in the film itself uh, as a result of acting in it. And also the, the competition you described, you know, taking the money out of it is actually was really helpful because nobody got paid, which meant nobody was there unless they wanted to be. So nobody was a dick, you know what I mean? Nobody misbehaved. Everybody, again, and another actor we were talking about who got to do something they don't get to do is, talk about pigeonholed, Chris Noth has never been able to play anybody like the character he plays in Frankie. He's always got the tie on, he's always selling stocks. He's, you know, he's, he's buttoned down and he, he ain't buttoned down in my movies. You know, it's like, it's that, and you know, so it was nice that I agree with you. I was able to give that to them. You know, I got great talent and I gave them an opportunity that, you know, they weren't getting. Right, right. Um, you know, so that brings me actually to my next question. I see that you really have established some wonderful, great relationships in the industry, um, being a veteran of the film circuit and in the studio. Um, what advice would you give filmmakers who are trying to make the leap from the film festival circuit, trying to um, get their get their films in the hands of studios? Well, um, I guess, my job was made easier for me by being a writer. So I want to start with that. Um, the actors I got in my first movie, which I'd never done anything, and I got Michael Caine and Chris Walken and this young man named Josh Lucas, who at the time was you know, on the verge of becoming a big star and he's a lovely actor. And, and I got them because I wrote the script. And it's a lot harder to come out of film school and and it's not so much the studios backing you, although you need studio backing. They can't back you if you can't get actors and actors like writers and they like writer directors as a rule. Some don't, but most do because they want to be able to talk to the director about the character without talking to the director who goes off to talk to someone and comes back. And I, I didn't know about that till I did it. All right. Mm -hmm. Until I tried to make a movie as a writer, I didn't know how much actors liked that. So, and, and, and writing is also even Kurosawa before he died, who was a filmmaker who didn't always write, a Japanese filmmaker. And, you know, he, he made it clear to his young students that they learned to write. It's, it's very helpful to know how to tell the story you're going to visually tell as a director, that you're going to have actors, you know, um, bring to life as a director. To know how to tell those stories is very important. So writing, writing, writing. And the good news about writing is 
you can actually learn it. it you it, it's hard, but you, and it takes practice. But you can learn how to write, and you can study screenplays and and pay attention to what you love and why you love it, and and ex deep dive into that and explore it, and learn to be a better writer as a result. So one, write. Two, um, you know, don't be a jackass. <laughs> Seriously, don't be, 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 um, find that sweet spot. Um, and it is a sweet spot and it's very hard to find where you're humble and, um, authentic and passionate and opinionated at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's a sweet spot. It's not easy, but it, it makes a difference. I found it. So you asked for what would I say to young, I would say that start now, it's going to take a long time to figure out how to be both passionate and humble, how to be a collaborator and yet have a vision. Mm. It's very hard to have a vision. It's very hard to hold on to a vision. It's equally hard to collaborate and you need to do both. You know, filmmaking is a collaborative art, but it's a collaborative art that requires you, the man or woman whose film it is, who's directing the film. It's not, I, don't, I hate the film by credit, but the person directing the film is responsible for making the vision in that person's head on a screen. Mm. And that man or woman must do that while simultaneously collaborating with other artists who are going to alter that vision. Mm. But you must always be in charge of it. That's, mm. and, and, when, and when you're not, the film suffers. And it's very interesting. The more um, confident I became and the more uh, specific I was about what I wanted, the better collaborator I was. Makes sense. I wasn't. Absolutely. I didn't. I. You know. And I, and everyone told me that. Everyone on my crew said, "When you're clear, you have no idea how helpful that is to us." And then the dance can start, and they can, they can change my. But if I'm not clear, so it was a combination of learning how to be an authority, which was very hard for me because I just want to. I wanted everyone to fucking like me, and that meant I didn't. I wasn't able to be an authority, right? So I had to learn how to get rid of that nonsense. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I had to learn how to not be a big, you know, arrogant knucklehead. So it's so. I don't know if that counts as advice to, to people starting out, but be a decent person, be a strong person, be a humble person. Don't do drugs and alcohol if you're an addict. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. Well, that's, a, I mean, I think that that's wonderful advice. It's incredibly transparent and truthful. I know um, on the show, on the podcast, we have so many artists and so many filmmakers, actors, directors, entertainment professionals who are just starting out. And that's the thing. They're, they're trying to find that balance. They're trying to um, be definitive, be specific, know what they want, still be still be collaborative, but also like execute this goal. And it's not difficult. I mean, it's not easy. And you have clearly mastered that with a, a career that has, I mean, you've had, you know, such a wonderful, successful career in entertainment. Um, what ignites- Good to hear since I'm totally unemployed. It's like <laughs> But I mean, but filmmaking is a contract job, as we all know, you know, it's your next project to your next pro to your next project. Um, yeah. It take it often takes years to make films um, like you like you just said, it's you're yeah. you're hired and then you're not. And then when you're yeah. not, you're working, you're creating your next yeah. project or you are collaborating or networking. Um, how have you been able to stay motivated from project to project to have a long lasting career in the entertainment industry? Uh, 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, well, I mean, there's 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 the kind of the healthy ways I suspect, and the unhealthy. And I'm going to start with the unhealthy. I I think that I spend a lot of time. It's funny when I I, I teach and I mentor a bunch of young folks, and uh, and what I try to say. So okay, let me answer the question. Then I'll get to that. Um, I was motivated to succeed and make some money and uh, have a career, and it drove me to work very hard. And I and and the benefits of that were obvious. I I worked. I made money. I bought a house. I was able to support a family. The, so that I would not suggest to anyone that they not feed their ambition. I would not because it it was good for me as a young person to feed my ambition and go get go get mine. I don't know that that was the best thing for me as an artist. Mm. Right. And so along the way, as I was getting mine, I would do things like Frankie Go Boom, like the last movie I made, this thing, Burn Your Maps, where I bought the book. And I, you know, I would I would do things that did not advance my career, that were things I needed to do for whatever reason. And so I think that I kept myself sane and healthy longer by always being working on a little bit for me while I was working on a lot for you. In other words, I would park myself at Disney for two years and write Big Hero 6. Not that I don't love that movie and believe in it, but there's a bit of a machinery that you participate in, which was different from what I was used to doing. And I was willing to do that because I had just made Frankie go boom. You know, I had just made this movie. So I went off to Disney and, and did my time. So it's a combination of it. And I, and I think that both are good. I don't have any regrets. I do wish that I was a little more cognizant all those years that I was building a resume and making some money and succeeding and blah, blah, blah. I do wish I was a slightly more attentive to the call of my create, my creativity. Mm. Makes sense. It's like, I, you know, and I'm sure there's not a ton of people who would openly chat about that, but I find that I'm in touch now and I'm delighted to be unemployed right now. I'm delighted. <laughs> I probably didn't feel that way a week ago, but I'm really delighted because I'm writing for me now. I'm back to writing for me, I'm writing spec scripts and spec TV show. And, and I love it. And it's, and I, I, I have been working for them for a long time. So the short answer is make sure you're, you're feeding your soul. Mm. You're feeding your soul and, and then, you know, feed your kids, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, feed your soul. Don't, right. don't, 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 don't not feed your soul. It's easy to do. It's easy to not feed your soul. Absolutely. Um, you know, so many artists have been on their own journey in this pandemic. Um, some people unemployed and happy about it. Some people lost and trying to figure out, figure it out. Um, but I love what you said about how you're using this time to feed your soul because in your art, um, I think as artists, especially adult artists, let's say that adult artists, you know, when you're fresh out of school, it's easy to just do what you want. Um, but, and, and that's fine, but then there are bills to pay. And then as, like you said, as you have a family, um, it's just, it's that balance between artistry and survival. <laughs> so I love that advice that you gave, um, that you gave earlier. Well, yeah. Jordan, I don't want to take Wait, up. Can I give you a quick plug? Oh, Something absolutely. that I like, you know, I heard about this book 25 years ago. My son recommended me. He's a 23 year old actor. He's a lovely human being. And he just did this book. 
I'm going to hold it up. Um, and I probably would have poo-pooed this at another point in my life, but I opened this book nine weeks ago. It's a 12-week course, and I cannot recommend this high enough. Oh, I love that <laughs> book, The Artist's Way. Yeah, yes. just, I love this woman. And I'm, you know, like I say, I'm pretty sure for 25 years, I was like, oh, please, another oh, morning page is blah, shut up. What do you know? You don't know. I don't And And I just adore the way in which she writes about the need to care for that in us, which creates and how, and I'm a tremendously successful person in this business. And I impeded my creativity throughout the process. Mm. Right. And so that's, that's possible. And that's not to say, Oh, I would have been more successful. I, I would have been more satisfied. Mm. I would have been more satisfied. And I, and I, and she's really tremendously good at these little exercises and tasks to find the specific personal ways in which we stop ourselves. And it's mm. just been great to realize that, oh, you know what? Nobody stopped me. Mm. Nobody ever stopped me. I stopped me. Mm. I stopped me. And I don't know that I knew that 10 weeks ago. Wow. I really, I don't know that I did. You know, I thought you did. I thought they did. You know, he did, especially he, especially mm -hmm. him. He really mm -hmm. stopped me, you know. Mm -hmm. The man. New York Times that yeah, yeah, the man. The New York, you know. No. Um, no, no, nobody stops us. Rarely does someone stop us. Very rarely, occasionally, but mostly we've invited them to. Mm. In my opinion. Anyway, Allow. That, that's my plug. I want I want 10% of proceeds. <laughs> If you maybe an Amazon, um, an Amazon yeah, yeah. I want, Prime affiliate link. <laughs> it's a pandemic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. residual income. Yeah, yeah, I told you, I'm unemployed. I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Jordan. Literally, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this has been Very absolutely kind. fantastic. It's like a 20 minute power punch. I know that so many people will be blessed by all of your gems that you have dropped today. Oh, and um, and I'm going to be rooting um, for you. And I know that something beautiful is going to come out of this time and your unemployment in the pandemic and that artist way, because I have, I, I read the book, I've done the exercises and it is truly, truly, truly going to um, ignite your creativity even more, even more. So excited. So. Thank you. I love hearing that. Thank you. All what right. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye. Peace. I don't know how to leave this system. Well, don't worry. We're okay. going <laughs> to.